Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, welcome in. Welcome in. It's your boy, KP, Kyle, the hat, trash man, idiot number one. I can't remember what the other things were. Is there any more? That's big, big brain, dummy. I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. You even gave oh, yourself a new idiot one. Number one. Okay, idiot number two. Yeah. Eric Wolverton, my best friend in the entire world. How you doing today, buddy? I am doing great. Super excited for our new episode. Super excited to talk disc golf and whatever else our mind Thank wanders to. Thank you for to. listening today. If it's your first time here, my name is Kyle. I'm here with my best friend. We talk about disc golf. It's a thing we've been doing for a while. We wanted to chat more. We live across the country and wanted a good excuse to talk about disc golf more. As if we didn't enough. And my name's Eric. I don't know if Kyle introduced me as any more I than did, idiot twice. number two, but I did twice. I don't remember that. Promise you. We, we don't have a third person. It's just us. <laughs> I don't know why I'm explaining. What are we doing again? Is, is this the intro? Are we still doing the intro? Um, this is the intro. Kyle's doing the intro. Words and things. Eric, what's your tangent of the day? Find yourself a good pair of disc golf shoes. Everyone's going to have their own preferences. I prefer the Vivo Barefoot. I enjoy being barefoot. And I would play disc golf barefoot if it was allowed in tournaments. And I didn't have to throw off a cement pad every time. Kyle enjoys the Adidas Terex, which is kind of, I would say, is the the standard most normal shoe out there. Yeah, so it's probably like the, the industry standard. But if you think you might like barefoot shoes, they're pretty expensive. But I would recommend checking them out. The Vivo Barefoots, it's what Eagles wears. And I think they're awesome. They do look really nice. But also the, the Terexes have been fantastic so far. Uh, the difference overall. Nate Sexton is coming out with his Idio Sports first ever like disc golf shoe. So that's sweet. If you're not looking to spend as much money as some of these other shoes cost, just a good like cross training or a trail runner shoe is a good choice for it. A lot of people throw in Vans too. It's all going to be about what fits your preference and what fits your budget. That's disc golf in a nutshell. But yeah, find the ones you like and keep going back to it. Like, absolutely, there are, you know, standards. But if it's something that's comfortable for you, go for it. And it works. That's the other thing. Comfortable for you and works. Yep. Eric, what are we talking about today? I think we're talking about the plugs first, because that's normally the way the episode goes. If you can't get enough of us here, 
Check us out over mostly on Instagram at oh no disc golf o h n o d i s c g o l f. I'm sure you know that because you're here. But also check us out on Facebook. We mostly cross post from the Instagram, and we're over on a uh, TikTok. And I've been working very hard to get the YouTube over 100 subscribers. We're at 103 now. Oh yeah, so keep maybe go subscribe over there too if you're listening to this here. Or wherever you're listening to this. Or subscribe wherever you're at. Who cares? Just subscribe wherever. Just do things. Do all the things. Uh, merch is at Teespring. Uh, code ONO for free shipping. Same code for 5% off at StarframeDisc.com. If you need discs or disc golf accessories. Wow. I nailed it. Bye. We have a wonderful episode for you today. We are working on episode 39. We are going to talk a little bit about if we think the time for disc golf rivalries are over. We're going to talk a little bit about the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. And for our top five, we are going to give you our top five craziest rule changes that we don't think would happen, but you never know. So you're saying there's a chance. I don't know. I don't make the rules. I just play by them. We want to discuss a little bit on if we think the times of Ricky and Eagle or Cat and Paige Pierce battling it out for the top spot, like the number one player in the world, is over. Because past at least two years, and I think even before then, there's like a top 30 to 40 people that have a chance of winning it Every tournament that starts. So we don't know if we'll ever see those real big competition rivalries that I feel I feel like almost started disc golf, you know? I think there's probably still going to be, but it'll be more friendly. Yeah, I don't think friendly rivalries will ever not be a thing in disc golf. There's always going to be like... Everyone's competitive, right? It's just right? tough to get, like, a or, fiery... Uh, unless they, like, genuinely don't like each other, which, I mean, if there's 30 people comp- competing for the top spot, that might actually make for more rivalries. I guess. Um, I guess the thing that even, like, the commentators for Big German Uli and other commentators throughout the year have talked about is when... Ricky and Macbeth are on a card together. They're constantly still cheering for a better shot. Whereas they said in like, you know, back in 2016, that, you know, you didn't hear that happen. You didn't hear Macbeth and Waisaki cheering each other on. Not that they didn't want the person to play to the best, because it's no fun winning if you played a lesser version of, of your rival, but... It's just not something that happened. And now everybody's always cheering each other on and building each other up. And I'm not saying it's for the worst. Don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome. I think it shows how great. I think it shows how great this the community is. Yeah. Especially in comparison to all the other ones where there are negative rivalries. Maybe we don't need them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's necessary. It's just crazy to think that there might never be those two people battling for the top i mean there's 
It's a completely different sport than it was two years ago, let alone right. five years ago. Tournament where there it came down to almost a six-person playoff. Yeah, that was that's that was almost unheard of. I guarantee unheard of for the past up until any time before that. I would say that was a hard way of saying it. But it's a combination of the game changing in terms of like disc evolution, player evolution. All of it combined. No, there's like is there's course design so much more room, and there's so much more room at the top level now. Before, there was probably really only room for like five people to be really famous, and even then they weren't probably really oh, really famous. I would say ten years ago, they were niche yeah, sport like, famous. You're famous in the disc golf world, and that's about it. I mean, look up, uh, look up, you know. Back in old Innova days, it was really only Ken Climo and Barry Schultz. I mean, and and just the 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 purse thing too of just how quickly the purse value of tournaments has gone up. It's just insane. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're giving away spoilers, Kyle. Oops. <laughs> but yes, purse values have changed tremendously. People are making. More money at one tournament than some people have made all years throughout seasons. And not just like any any regular old season, like really good seasons. We'll talk more about it later. But yeah, there's more money to be won. So not coming in first isn't as bad anymore. I mean, they're always going to be competitive. That's why they're here. So they... Don't necessarily not want to be number one. It's just not like make or break anymore. I dig it. If ESPN wants to sponsor the podcast, I'd say yes. <laughs> yeah. So I personally, I I personally believe we are done seeing those one v one rivalries like we've seen in past years. There might be like or maybe like a few tournaments in a row that two people are battling it out, but it'll never be anything. Like what we've seen with Paul Macbeth and Ricky Wysocki. Oh, you mean like every tournament, they're the only two competing, essentially? Well, just that, I don't want to, hatred's the wrong word, but that fire of not only do I want to win, but I really want to beat this guy, you know? feel like that was like a whole different thing than it is now. And I have no way to prove it, but it's my opinion. And that's a fact. <laughs> Switching over. This Kyle has anything else? No, that was perfect transition there, bud. Switching over to a lighter side of things, I have my end of season party for the league I started in Cass City, and I think they listen. If they don't, I'm going to tell them that they should listen to at least this episode. But I want to shout out to Carrie Umphreys, who works at MVP. Thank you for donating a basket and two discs for giveaway prizes. And shout out to Bill Boyer. Sorry if I said your name wrong, but thanks for donating, I think, two discs for CTP prizes. Thanks to them, we have a prize on every single hole. So if you're listening to this and you're anywhere near Cass City, you have a 1 in 18 chance. Not really, because, you know, but you have a chance at winning. Some sweet prizes. So come out to Cassidy. 
October 24th. Or one person has a really good chance of winning a bunch of shit. Two prizes max? I want to do the two prizes max. The problem with doing it is how do you know when you hit your max? You know, like if you sign your name on something, how do you know that's not going to get taken? Well, so then you would sign it on. Well, uh, that's true because like you could be the only one. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say if, you know, all of the names are going to be written, written on the paper. And if you don't think you're going to like it, that disc, or if you don't think you're going to throw it or even try it out, just, you know, just don't sign up for it. Let people who like really want a new disc or really want to try something out and just really go for those those ones that you think you really want. Everyone's really cool. It. Yeah, so, it should be fine. Though. I mean, obviously everyone's going to be shooting yeah. for the basket. Um, we've even had like people give away their CTP prizes because they realize that it's not a disc they've thrown to like one of the younger people. So I just figured if I went that route with it, it's a lot easier than saying you're only allowed two. I dig it. I should suggest so. doing a party to the mid-morning mix tag league I do. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're going to have a lot of fun. We're doing it on a weekend. So I think even uh, Die Fly Discs on Instagram, he says he's going to cook up some food for everybody. So should be should be a good time. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited. And then about two weekends later, we're starting our our winter league. So we'll see how we make it through the snow. But regardless, I'm excited that there's enough people that want to keep it going that they're not like, yeah, just shut it down. We don't care that much. We didn't even think of it as an option to shut it down. We were just like, no, we're doing it. Yeah, you don't have as much snow as we can get here. The thing I'm also worried about is the big hill that I'm sure a lot of our Instagram followers and Facebook people have seen us, have seen me throw off of, Kyle too, but mostly me, is a sledding hill. So after enough people sledding up and down or sledding down that hill it turns into a thick layer of ice that is a whole lot of fun to climb up so alternate yeah. basket location for the winter uh we'll see how it goes for all we know we're not even going to see a winter with global warming it's called climate change now is that too controversial to say oh all right with climate change that's not a that's not a douchey sorry. trash talk what about you, Kyle? What's going on in Colorado? So, tomorrow morning we are going to be cleaning up Village Greens over in Greenwood Village, Colorado. Greenwood Village, Colorado? Greenwood Village, Colorado. Pretty sure that's what it is. Village Greens, Greenwood Village. Maybe I made that up. Nope. Greenwood Village, Colorado. Uh, sh- if you were shouting out people, real quick, I'm just going to shout out a bunch of people. How many people should I shout out? As many as you have time for. At ARDG.co. Nailed it. They're another round, Colorado. Thanks for coming out to Tags this morning. We're recording this on a Monday. Shout out at Trash Panda Disc Golf. As always, thanks for being a nice person. Grow the sport sustainably. At Will Disc Golf for hopefully making a original intro soon. Possibly outro. Depends on if he's feeling ambitious. Do we have any more? Oh, at Denver Disc Golf. Just filmed our Monday tag feature card at Denver Disc Golf for what? Recording the tag match this last Monday at the mid-morning mix. Appreciate you. You're nice, dude. 
and I appreciate your work. At Nolan Frank for being a wonderfully nice person coming to every cleanup so far. Uh, just awesome dude. I think that's everybody so far that has an Instagram at least. Love everybody else if I forgot you. So you don't know Revel Disc Golf? Not personally, no. All right. Well, then shout out to Revel Disc Golf for being the coolest person on Instagram because he always hits us up for stuff and just to chat sure. sometimes. Isn't that the person that I sent the stickers and to? also, I think so. I don't know who sent the stickers, so I didn't pay Pretty attention. Sure. 80%. Also, shout out to Miku underscore 15. He's a guy from, I think, Sweden who has always hit us up to chat about disc golf and stuff. So, yeah, thanks for being fans. It's awesome to hear from people. Also, just the country of India. Thanks for listening. Pretty sure, sure, pretty sure we're bigger in Saudi nope. Arabia now. But. It's India, and it's like 14% of our listenership. So thanks for listening, fellas, or ladies and gentlemen, and, and non-binary. Everybody. Thanks, everybody. Just everybody. Dang it. <laughs> so anything specific about Colorado? Oh, um, yeah, next week, hopefully we're doing, I believe, Dry Dock, which was the course that got me obsessed. Also, Eric and I are getting on that uh, disc retriever game, finally getting those ordered, so we're going to be cleaning up bodies of water a little bit. I I don't have a lot of body of water to clean. A lot of bodies of water. Well, you do. You have some. No. None that need a retriever. So you get yourself retrievers, and I'll just keep doing what, what I'm about doing. Freeland? All the rivers are Not small. Not lake. Pond. Can you can with a retriever. I'm saying like the the one that's on a string that you throw in there. I think it'll be the same there. You don't have to do it. I was just suggesting it. All right. Anyway, last tournament of the season. Season's Ooh. over. Season's never over in your heart. But it went out with a bang. The Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship was awesome. Just like almost every tournament. That comes through. They do a good job making things quite competitive. First of all, I love Hornet's Nest. I think it is a million times better than Winthrop Gold. I think it is such a fun and tough course that I would absolutely love to hate my life on. Lots of tunnels and technical shots. Yeah. There's... There's so many shots that you could throw, like, what would look like the best drive ever on a normal fairway, and you're not going to get anything out of it because of the trees. And just, like, the positioning that you have to do. You have to. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes, I think, the course so much fun to watch is, like, those scramble shots that you don't look like you're into a whole bunch of stuff but you still have to make the disc do things that some people don't even know that know that disc could do. Drew Gibson did that a few times. Yeah. It was awesome watching Drew Gibson. He was my sneaky pick, remember? He Yeah, after he ruined Eagles' career and then ruined Chris Dickerson's chance by picking him. Yep. Yeah. Then he picked finally for third pick after right after picking Drew or right after picking Chris Dickerson, he picked Drew Had Gibson. Had to make him lose. I blame yeah. me. 
and then <laughs> it is it I is mean, Kyle's fault, but we'll get into that. Most in things are. Episode. I just quickly want to say that the future of professional disc golf is so super bright. bright. There are so many, so many young people that are competing at the top level already. Uh, we got to see Gannon Burr this weekend, who's 16. I think they said 16 yeah. years old. And he won his first round and his second round. He might have won three rounds. Now I'm forgetting because it was insane to watch everything. But there's a chance that Gannon Burr won three rounds at 16 years old. Not one, but made the cut line at 16 years old. And the last person we kind of heard of doing stuff like that was Eagle McMahon. You know, we think Eagle's veteran, which technically I guess he kind of is, but he's only 23 years old. Compared to that to like Big Germ, who's pushing, you know, just over 30 and stuff like that. And like the ageless wonder. Age isn't that big of a deal, I don't think, in disc golf. But to know that these people are so young and going to be able to do this for 20 plus years. At such a high level. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, not just Gannon Burr. We had Heather Young on the FPO side. Absolutely killing it. She made it all the way to the finals. You just have to think of it as like... Spoiler they're, alert. they're killing it so much at this age. They're only going to get better. Yeah. If they have 20 years, how good are they going to get? They're going to have to stretch these yeah. courses out even more. And we watched, even just this year... Heather Young's skill transformed so much because she looked fairly uncomfortable at the at that first tournament of the year, like the the doubles, singles things. I don't the All Star Weekend, I think it was called. She looked fairly uncomfortable. Oh, dude, I didn't even and, mention it. <laughs> I had two things that happened when I, on my film round. I'm sorry, it just my, I don't know. It, my, it? My, it just popped into my head because of uh, uncomfortable. So you want to say yeah, it kind of fits it in or... here. I don't know. Okay, say it then. <laughs> I, dude, I did the most nervy putt ever. It was just like, uh, it was like, uh, you know, it was like, it was for par. It was just like a fucking 18 footer on hole one. And it was just like, it was like I had never putted in my life because there was a camera on me and I was nervous. Did you cry? Uh, no, I just smiled and I was fine about it. Tried to make. So you didn't make the butt. Oh, I missed saying. it so hard. Started off with a bogue. <laughs> oh man, it was gross. The other thing was I hit a what was going to be a birdie putt, dead center chains, little bit high, but just dead center. Hit the pole and just bounced straight back out. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. All right, all right then. Gave it a thumbs up. Gave the camera a thumbs up. But yeah, that that's that that was my life. Yeah, yeah. I get so, it. Being uncomfortable. I mean, we can under. Yeah, we can understand Heather Young being uncomfortable. It's totally the same level of you know competition and prestige, all the things. Yeah, so we can totally understand Heather Young being uncomfortable. You know, first tournament back, playing with, pretty sure she was paired with Paige Pierce, 
you know, being looking uncomfortable there. But her being at the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship this week, she looked like she was in the driver's seat. She's just like, everybody hold on. We're going to be making 50-foot putts like they're nothing. So hold on to your seats. Talking about 50-foot putts, Drew Gibson. Yes. Let's talk Holy about cow. Drew Gibson. Let's talk about Drew Gibson. He threw in some, like, 70-foot like putts. back-to-back. 50-foot putts. Yeah, he was all over the place. He was disgusting. I feel like he wasn't driving spectacularly. But then the upshot game and just the the jump putt game and uh, is just all coming together. And then it didn't quite, but it was still amazing. So somebody, I don't remember who said it, but at USDGC, he finished like fourth or fifth. Drew Gibson did finish like fourth or fifth at USDGC, maybe a little bit lower. Can't remember the exact. But that was with 21 out-of-bounds strokes given to him. And still finished that high. The dude's an animal. That's like... That's insane. You have to throw some of the most nastiest drives and give yourself like just some of the easiest pars and even eagles to make back that many... Or birdies and eagles to make back that many... He he is his worst shows. enemy. And his best friend. It's just ridiculous. We came up with the funny comparison. You guys watch football. He's kind of like the Jameis Winston of disc golf. Or he's kind of like the Jameis Winston of disc golf. Yeah, yeah, I said that right yep. the first time. Right? Okay. Because he has all the skills. He has. He can be lights out if he needs to be. But there's just some times where he's not. And I get that's going to happen. It's just crazy to see how hot and cold Drew Gibson. One of my favorite football podcasts, the Harris Football Podcast, calls him the wacky waving inflatable arm tube man, Jameis Winston. And that is, I mean, same thing for Drew Gibson. He's literally always running around with his arms up in the air, just like. He's just a ball of emotion at every given moment. Roller coaster of a person. Great, great. I love him, but it's, I do very, think it's so entertaining. It's just, yeah. Let's just be clear, though. We don't love James no. Winston. No, we don't. I think also Drew Gibson has one of the cleanest backhand forms that we'll ever see. I disagree with the word ever, but it's really clean. I think I I think it'll go down in the history books as being not it won't be number one for the rest of the rest of the world, but I think he'll be in top ten cleanest backhand forms that we'll ever see. I think a lot of people will emulate his form from here on out. That's fine. That's what they should do. They should emulate Drew Gibson and Paige Pierce's form and for Heimberg. the rest of their life. I mean. Yeah, it's the only problem with imitating like the people who are really tall like that is you have to be really tall. It's the same throw as Pierce. Picture perfect. It's the same exact throw. No. Wrong. Put them side by side. I promise you. I will. So You're wrong. Wrong. Okay. You want to bet on it? All right, let's bet I something bet. on it. I do. 
Alright, you pick the bet. Five imaginary dollars. Write it down. Okay. Jot that down, Eric. I'll, I'll do ten imaginary dollars. Can you me five? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, there is some things I think, personally, they could do better. In the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, I would like to see some sort of a tiebreaker other than just who the higher seed is for who moves on to the next day for cut lines. We are going to see a big change because everything is listed as a playoff for the last like three tournaments of the season next year. So we'll see how they're going to do that. But I would either like to see more people move on and be able to compete for that final spot. I mean, I, I would love to see a playoff after every round if there's people tied at the cut line. I don't know if professionals would like to do that. But from a viewer standpoint, I I would like to see that. But I think they could find a better way than just who competed better throughout the year. True story. I think it already gives a plus to the, the higher-seeded players, which they already have a, you know, like a pretty easy benefit. You know, they get by week or by tournament, by rounds, and... They don't have to play as much, which can be seen as a negative because, you know, they don't get as much competitive tournaments on that course that weekend. But overall, I think it's already easy enough for them. They could make it a little bit harder. And they could make it harder with some of our crazy additions. Yeah. Let's get into who won it and who made the last things. And then we'll talk about our last last little bit about the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Final day, final card was Adam Hammes at plus six. And he was the fourth seed. We had Paul McBeth at negative four. And he was the third seed. We had Drew Gripson at negative six. And he was the 12th seed. And then we had Nathan Queen taking it down. All the way from the first day. Sure, most of you people know this by now. Nobody picked him in any of the brackets to win it. And he won with a negative eight. Improving, I think, every single day that he played. Which is awesome. It's I thought it was amazing. Some of the shots he was hitting. And just the like, obvious nerves that he was having. You know? Yeah. You could see him, like, constantly stopping and taking deep breaths All to calm himself down. It looked like me playing out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's left-handed. Honestly, I don't think it's a disadvantage on that course, but... But we haven't seen left-handed people compete at that, like, high level. I mean, there's less left-handed people, so there's less of a chance, but it was still awesome to see. Yeah, he smashed it. Beat Paul yeah. McBeth. Beat Paul McBeth, beat Ricky Wysocki. Drew Gibson, who was killing it. Yeah, negative six is is an awesome round there. I also really want to quick give out a moment of silence for Ricky Wysocki throwing a plus four on a hole two at Hornet's Nest in his first round. And still almost coming out of it. And then to go, yeah, and then still almost coming back from it. It was 
wild to see. He would have definitely made the final round had he not thrown that plus four. And he hit the island. It's not like he completely missed the island. He hit the island and it skipped an OB. And I, you know, it happens. I get it. It's it, that's part of disc golf is stuff like that's going to happen. But that's still crazy to see. An even longer moment of silence for Adam Hammes for his for throwing plus, plus six. six and being out of it after like the fourth hole and having to still play because that yep. seemed very difficult. And frustrating. Yeah. Then you just got to go for the highlight reels, right? Yeah. I think that's the idea, but he was just on a bus of struggles. And it it wasn't one that he got off of. So We have another moment of silence coming up on the FPO side. So on the FPO side, we had last year's champion, Haley King, shoot a plus 11. Moment of silence. We had Heather Young and Sarah Holcomb tying for second at negative one. And we had missing we had Missy Gannon taking it down a week after winning the women's disc golf championship at negative. Let's five. go. Two of the biggest wins of her season or not season, two of the biggest wins of her life back to back. One of the biggest purses ever yes it is it's record both winners were record purses for this round and then missy gannon went on to break the world record for most season earnings on the fpo side to put it into perspective of how much she won at this one tournament she won thirty thousand dollars all year before this tournament so she made double her earnings just winning one tournament, which is crazy. It's a lot of money in one day. Yeah. Up until this tournament, she won $60,000 over her entire career. And she's been playing, I think is about three or four years professionally. So it's not like she's been like one of the longest players in the game or anything like that. Still, for three or four years, she made twice as much money as she, she made in one penny. As good as other FPO players, this is the year of Missy Gannon. Everyone give her a round of applause. Hey. But with that much winnings on the line, it also brings me back to my other point really quick. With that much money on the line, tiebreakers should be decided by more than just two or points. We'll see what they do next year with it being a quote-unquote I like the playoff but idea, but that's just... Just me. had to sneak that in. Yeah. Well, that was the Disc Golf Pro Tour. If you haven't watched it, I highly suggest it. At least watching the final round and watch Nathan Queen absolutely slay that course. Also, watching Drew Gibson was amazing. Paul McBeth puts on a pretty good show. Yeah. Watching Adam mm-hmm. Hammes... Not kill everyone was pretty cool. Anna Hannes had a sweet semifinal round. So if you want to watch him, really good round. Watch him in the semifinals, right? Or did he all do all three? Just one? Just one. He, you know, he's Hammes. Who? Who He only won one. Yeah, no, he was just in the semifinals. 
Yeah, he was okay. He's just in the semifinals. semifinals. My bad. And if you want to watch all the other ones, look up, watch Gannon Burr, sixteen years old, out there killing it. Gannon Burr barely missed the cut line for the finals. It would have been sick. And he's only sixteen. I'll keep. I'll keep pushing that. You'll hear it until next season starts. That's it. That's all I got for the Disc Golf Pro Tour this week. Come back next week to hear me talk about Gannon Burr. And other things. On the Oh No Disc Golf Podcast. Where we talk about Gannon Burr and other things. Ugh. Three, two, one. Top five. Five. Oh yeah. All right. For top five this week, we are going to pitch you our craziest rule change ideas. Not necessarily ones we'd like to see, but the ones that would really change the game. Possibly for the worse. Possibly for the better. Possibly for the better. We'll let you guys decide. Spoiler alert. Some of them are pretty dumb. That's what idiot number one and idiot number two do. (laughs) Starting off with number five, we're going to say no caddies allowed. They did it in 2020 for COVID just to get like disc golf back on the, back on the tour. And it is, (laughs) it's so much better. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even promote it. Yeah, I hate it. It's such a bad idea. Um, watching Paul, Ulibarri it's so much better with caddies this year to Drew Gibson and then having Drew Gibson completely disregard what he says and do whatever he wants anyway, was so funny to watch. I would never, I wouldn't trade that away for anything. Yeah. We, we like seeing all the pros out on the course with each other. It gives you that much more of like, it's a friendly f- sport, especially like cross team. Yeah, no. Caddying. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much better with caddies, but not having caddies was a big game changer last year. A bummer. And not having caddies would move disc golf farther away from that professional side because not only do these athletes have to play an amazing round, they have to carry all their own equipment while they do it. Which a lot of people still do, but that's that's the point. They should have the choice to choose if they want their own backpack or if they want someone on their bag, in their ear, chatting with them, you know, either keeping their mind off the shot or bringing them back to the shot. So We don't think that one should happen, but it would change disc golf forever. Number four, changing the size of the circle. Circle one, circle two, give just any any circle. A circle. The world is a sphere, so not a circle. I lost where I was going. Yeah. Um Okay, so uh changing if you can jump putt or not jump putt or if the circle should be like, you know, seventy five feet or something. All right. 
how far away you should jump by. What do you think? This is something that's actually debated a lot within the pros uh, because they're so good within like 30 feet. We now count like those 25 to 30 footers almost as tap-ins for most pros. So they're saying if they push that back where you can't jump putt at like 33 feet would make it harder for the pros and would add that extra level of difficulty that hasn't been seen for a while on the putting green in disc golf. And this is one way of just making it more difficult. Another way is like making the basket smaller, less chains, different obstacle. Uh, yeah, but I, this is just one way. This is probably, pro- I think probably the most normal. Thing I would really enjoy is if they completely got rid of the circle and just allowed jump putting from anywhere. I don't think it really gives much of an advantage to jump putt from inside the circle. I think it would be good for beginners because then they don't have to worry about it. Yeah, just easier gameplay. This is probably like our most normal rule of the bunch, I would say. Uh, but it would absolutely change change the game forever. Significantly. Because watching those long Long jump putts, even even watching those hard to like hard lied like twenty five to thirty foot putts where someone can't go over their lie is is a really awesome part of the game. So I agree, and like the ones where they have to like stretch out and they can't fall forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which quickly brings me into number three, something that would never happen because there's no easy way to make this rule is ban the jump putt. Get rid of it altogether. You have to establish balance behind your lie after every throw is the only thing they could change to make, to get rid of jump putts. And that would change every throw. It wouldn't change your putting. It would change your drives. It would change your up shots. It would change every shot. Not just a jump putt, so, so it would never happen. Carry your momentum forward a step. You'd have to turn it sideways, which to ensure that you landed back on. The would probably, end, which would be end up right, in a lot of injuries, hurt players. So again, it would never happen, but it could. But I don't jump putt, so <laughs> I do. So I hate this idea. Yeah, it's not it's not a good idea. I was just trying to come up with the most controversial idea I could think of. I definitely I definitely wasn't. I was going for normal things. Number 2, Quidditch rules. <laughs> I was going for normal things. <laughs> <laughs> um so yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us I just mean like you know the, like the hoops for for points uh, that they do for uh, I can't remember what it is, but they like knock balls into the hoops. Mm-hmm. Quidditch. It's a little bit gimmicky, but what isn't a gimmick before it's you know established in a sport? So 
Uh, but anyway, so you'd get like, you know, a stroke off if you put it through the hoop or you could have like a negative or a bad hoop where like if you put it through the hoop, it's a bad thing or like mandatory hoops where you have to put it through the hoop. Otherwise, there's a drop zone. We're basically just talking about adding quadruple mandos yeah. that are the size about. of a basket randomly Not throughout randomly. courses strategically placed by the course designer in a way that benefits the whole and makes it more either more challenging like a difficult line to hit or like an ace run hole where if you hit it through that hoop you might just you know good chance you're gonna hit an ace or like you know and you're gonna take a zero then good right if you get a stroke minus for going through the hoop and then ace it good that's a zero yeah i mean it's it's something fun i'm just thinking um yeah you know like miniature golf courses do do kind of crazy things to golf we could do fun kind of challenge challenge course i think at the very least it would be interesting to watch pros navigate a disc golf course not like it's short but there you just have like of a yeah, crazy obstacles. That's what I mean by like a challenge course. Just to see, just to see what they come up with. And like the hoops could be mo- like they could be moving. It's like all all the all the things. It doesn't have to be just hoops too. Could be squares. Could USDGC, be if you're listening, and you want to get rid yeah, of the mozzarella sticks, here's shit. an idea. What about some hot pockets? <laughs> There you go. Need a new brand sponsorship. <laughs> Our final rule that would change forever. the game forever and possibly the worst one of the bunch. Limiting the amounts of discs a player is allowed in a tournament. We talked a little bit about it, about how not good this rule would be for pro-level tournaments, for lower-level tournaments, doesn't matter. Um, Main thing being, now a TD has to count everybody's discs. On top of everything they have to do, they now have to go through and count everybody's discs to make sure that they don't have have too many, and they got to make sure that they don't sneak in another one. It's, it's not going to happen. It sounds tedious. If you want this to happen... doesn't make the game yeah, better. If you want this to happen, go join all your Trilogy Challenge. Go join all of the Winter Wizard tournaments. Go join all of those and just play those tournaments because this doesn't make it any better. We are not golf. We don't need to limit our discs like they limit clubs because disc golf is its own sport. And that was our top five easy ways to rant about things that we made up. Hey! Hey! Thank you guys for listening to us rant about random things. On today's episode, we talked about what the future of disc golf rivalries is. We talked about the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship and how bright the future of disc golf is. And we gave you the five possibly dumbest rule changes that could ever happen in the world of Except disc Except for two golf. of them. Two of them are good. 
Quidditch rules. They're all right. Bitch. <laughs> That's going to be yeah. the fucking title of the episode. Quidditch rules, <laughs> bitch. Quidditch rules is fine. No? No, bitch? All right. It's up All to you. Right. You upload the episodes. I mean, I, you do I, I what don't you give want. A fuck, but that's just me. Oh yeah. All right. So we're gonna be done now. So that was episode thirty-nine. Thank you for listening. If you made it to this point in the episode, you are the absolute best person in the entire fucking world. Love you. Uh, not not love you. Sorry, that's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> we're not even acquainted. Really excited to see where we go with what we can find to talk yeah, about can't in the wait. season. Can't wait. Are you guys excited? It's our first off season, so cut us some slack, everybody. But just message us then. Have a good week. Rest of your hump day if you're listening to it on a Wednesday. Weekend if you're listening to it on a Thursday, Friday, or on the weekend. Have a fantastic time with life. Be positive. Put out positivity and you'll get it back. See you guys next week. And we'll catch you on the